broadcasting all around the globe. Welcome to the Bitcoin Digital Money Show, where we talk everything Bitcoin and crypto related with your hostess, early Bitcoin adopter, serial entrepreneur, and freedom crypto capitalist, Cashflow Queen, Kenitra. For more content, visit us at www.bitcoindigitalmoney.com. Please remember, we do not offer securities, investments, tax, or any legal advice. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Kenitra Alam here. And um, what you're about to be exposed to is an interview meeting that I had with one of the lead developers for the Carrot Bar blockchain. Went through some really tough technical questions and um, you'll get to see and hear with your, your own ears and your own eyes the uh, validity and the really uh, the solid foundation that this project is built upon. So I will uh, let you be the judge. All right, so here we go. Hey folks, uh, I have the uh, pleasure to be sitting here with um, Tuma. I'm gonna yeah. let him uh, say his last name. Uh, but what we're gonna be talking about, I'm gonna ask some serious questions and hard questions that I'm sure you have on the technology behind the KCB coin. Uh, so Tuma, would you please just introduce yourself to the so, audience? Hello, I'm Ovidi Tuma. I'm the Chief Technical Officer of CrowdBars International. And I'm here to explain you some more technical questions you might have about our project. So uh, please feel free to, to ask me the first, the first question. question. Okay, all right. Before I do that, I want to turn and make sure that of we course. introduce uh, Bodhi as well. Uh, this is uh, Alex Bodhi. Alex Bodhi is uh, partners with Mr. Heights, correct? Yes. Could you I'm explain CIA. to the Hello. people How your are role? You? My name is Bodhi. I'm here also with uh, Mr. Toma. We represent the card bars. And for tomorrow, we have one little speech from, uh, from the side from Mr. Hyde that he couldn't be here, unfortunately. Okay. So we keep on forward. He's also security, so <laughs> don't mess with him. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to um, technical stuff. So let's talk about um, the consensus algorithm for uh, the, the Carabars blockchain. Tell us about that. What, what type of algorithm are so, Cardbars main at the, our blockchain will be an. At first, we thought, okay, let's take the SHA-256 and develop it. But even so, I thought uh, it still might be some bugs. It still might be some. Uh, let's say we might face some technical problems in implementing the SHA-256 on the master nodes. Mm -hmm. uh, my main concern was we are about to create a mainnet in 2019. September, uh, right? September. September. But uh, SHA, uh, the mainnet of the most, let's say the best or well-known uh, mainnet on SHA 256 is Bitcoin. Right. And everybody knows in Bitcoin there's still some problems uh, in terms of reliability, scalability, uh, speed of transactions, uh, maybe, maybe I'm still uh, thinking of there might be some uh, encryption uh, bugs in a close future mm -hmm. because the the more, the, let's say the world, not the Chinese, but the more the Chinese develop the ASICs, the more we understand computing power uh, in a close future might quadruple, might go 
thousand times more. Sure. And then SHA five, uh, five, uh, 256 on static blockchain might fail. Uh, even though 10 years ago when blockchain uh, on Bitcoin uh, came and Bitcoin's blockchain was published, mm-hmm. everybody thought, okay, we would need the power of the sun of 10 times the power of the sun for one year just to decrypt one hash. Right. Uh, the more I see how technology and ASICs uh, were developed in the, in the past few years, the more I'm afraid that SHA-256 would fail. So that's why uh, we wanted to go one step further okay. uh, to SHA-512, mm-hmm. even though uh, sometimes some, uh, let's say, uh, speculators or some, uh, let's say, pessimists would say yes, but uh, 512 would be quite hard to decrypt, and that means uh, slower transactions. We made some optimizing, so we got uh, Bitcoin as a model. Mm-hmm. We tried to understand, we tried, and we struggled to understand where what was the hard facts, what was the weak facts, where, where, where uh, we found some weak links in the past years. And uh, as of today, we can uh, say it out loud, SHA-512 would be faster, more reliable, uh, and of course, harder to be decrypted or harder to fail in the next 15, 20 years, because we're looking here at a long-term business model and we're looking here to create a long-term ecosystem for the next 10, 15, 20 years. So uh, that's what, because uh, probably Satoshi Nakamoto at the very beginning never thought it would go such a high scale. Maybe at first it started like we started, I have to admit, five, six years ago and we started researching uh, in this field. We thought, let's play something, let's try, let's let's try to see how it works, Mm -hmm. develop some more, but we never thought the magnitude. Uh, it will take in the next few years. Sure, sure. Okay, so with, with that, so you, you've you've looked out on a, on a long-range vision as far as how this can grow. I mean, obviously, you all are wanting uh, this coin to be a, a world coin, right? Uh, not only the coin, because I'm not speaking about a coin here. We're speaking about an entire complex ecosystem right. uh, based on a blockchain. It's not mm-hmm. about uh, coins. As I probably explained everybody in all the uh, conferences or uh, uh, <clears throat> um, webinars I joined, I'm not looking at blockchain technology just as a coin. Okay, cryptocurrency and coins is an application of the blockchain on top technology. On of the blockchain, which is on, one. Which is one and the first. Yep, at first, blockchain was uh, associated by everybody with cryptocurrencies. No, cryptocurrency is in fact an application based on on a blockchain. blockchain. But there can be thousands of different applications in real life based on a blockchain. As you probably have seen in the last years, governments started to implement identity over blockchain, Mm -hmm. uh, logistics, uh, taxation, fiscal policies over blockchain. Why? Because blockchain is incorruptible. As we see blockchain right now, it's incorruptible, mm-hmm. it's decentralized, and the computing power to vote for every single piece of transferred information is huge. So it, let's talk about that, distributed, right? And let's, let's, let's talk about the carrot bars. Let me, let me get the proper name, because um, I call it the carrot bars blockchain, right? Because there are many blockchains, so I want to be specific. So with your blockchain, how distributed power, right? So there's always this 
you know, when I first started researching Bitcoin, there was always this threat of this 51% attack with, with, with the miners, right? But this coin, the coin that's the first application that's on Caribor's blockchain is not a mineable coin, is that correct? It's not a miner, but for the moment, of course, it's not mineable because we're ERC-20 token. Mm -hmm. uh, the mainnet won't be mineable uh, just because we want, at first, we want to avoid the 51%. Yes. On top of that, we want to avoid inf creating inflation. Mining is good, but it creates inflation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it creates the threat of the 51%. Mm -hmm. It also creates the threat of technology development. development. So you can uh, you can risk like it happened uh, with the ASICs. You can risk over the night the difficulty increase so high, or you, or if the difficulty doesn't increase so high, you can risk a third party gathering stacking too much value, too much too many coins, and at that point that's a, that's a market dump. Yeah, and. Of course, that's inflation. So, uh, when you create such an ecosystem, you have to consider the economical side of it, mm -hmm. economical advantages, technical advantages and disadvantages. You have to compare, uh, make a SWOT analysis, and from that point, you have to take your own conclusions based on the project's utility. If you're about to be a, uh, a, strict, a strictly blockchain, for speculative investments such mm -hmm. as cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, it might worth to be mineable because it, it gets more exposure, uh, it, uh, it gives a chunk of profit to the miners, and so, so, so. There's plenty of advantages for a uh, cryptocurrency, for speculative cryptocurrencies to uh, opt for mining. We're not a speculative cryptocurrency, though. Mm -hmm. Our project is not about just a cryptocurrency. Right. Our project is about an uh, infrastructure. Okay. We have our uh, cryptocurrency as an application on our blockchain, on our mainnet. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, we're building real-life infrastructure. So that means we're not only on the speculative side. We're not a product for speculative uh, investments like most of the ICOs, like most of the ICOs, most of the ICOs, with all due respect, were just <laughs> a fancy say, white paper, a let's... fancy white paper, a fancy idea nobody could have understood yeah. from the real world. Mm -hmm. Okay, we the crypto guys and we the uh, IT developers all the time thought this is not possible. This sure. is shit. This right. will never happen. Right. These guys are dreaming too much, or mm -hmm. these guys, with all due respect, smoke right. too much crap. <laughs> And it it will never happen. Right. But it's been just but for a, average, a one or two percent. But right. But for the for the average you know speculative investor behind their laptop, they're reading these white papers because now they have the opportunity to participate in all of these various different projects. It's like an open market, a kid in a candy store. They're just throwing you know dumb money at these. Exactly projects. like a kid in a candy store. But if the kid is clever enough to read the label. And understand if there's any chemicals in it or not. Uh, who's the factory? Is the factory trustworthy or not? If the expiration date is close or not, then you can choose your own candies. Sure. You know the same with uh, with cryptocurrencies, projects, blockchain projects, ICOs. Even though I was never a fan of ICOs spread all over the internet. Okay, let's invest something. We don't know in what. We don't know who's the project. Right. There's nothing transparent. There's everything obscure. There's not even one company. Right. Okay, some everybody at that time, all the all the projects were based on this uh, legislation lack. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody thought, okay, there's no rules and regulations for how um, cryptocurrency should be, should look like. So they started to so run projects in. without even having a company, having without a having company. a viable project. And I, I never agreed with that. This is why uh, this is why in card bars I found a completely different approach. Uh, when I came back, when I came in card bars um, back in July, August last year, in August last year, that's I found when you, when you that's when I joined uh, okay. card okay. bars. I found a real team, I found a real company, mm-hmm. I found a real legal department, I found a real project and a real vision. And moreover, what we have and the other projects never had, or I haven't seen a project with such magnitude, we have the community, a super, super strongly built community, mm-hmm. and we have the financial power to uh, to finalize the project, to put the project on position. Because, yes, um, there might have been some good projects in the market, but right. if they never had the finance uh, power, financial power to do it, they never done it. Right. They never had a community to spread the project, they never did it. And with all due respect for the guys in, uh, uh, in Ripple, Ripple came as a super good project. Mm-hmm. At first, when I saw Ripple's uh, GitHub, I said, okay, these guys might have some real chances to go in the market. Okay, it was a speculative cryptocurrency. Uh, they went high in the, uh, in the rankings. But even so, Ripple's payment system was never mass adopted because they never had a community to widely spread this project. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this project. That's, why, that's one of the reasons and, and, I and came in Let me tell you, I'm, I was so fascinated and still to this day fascinated with Bitcoin, right? So this is all that I have been focused in on since 2012. I am just as excited about this project as I was back in 2012 about Bitcoin. And why? I, because of all the things that you just said with the assets behind the coin, the real companies behind the coin, and then the vision of what it is that the project is wanting to do. It's, it's massive. It's massive. But I want to get back to these questions, okay. right? Yes, sure. So, um, so let's, let's get back to these. So we were talking about you know, the, 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 the application of the first coin uh, being on the Caraboy's blockchain and it not being a mineable coin. Um, talk about the Masternode full node. There's like 1,100, is that the Ma- number? Masternode full node. Uh, probably the concept is already well known in the market. Well, talk. I want you to talk on a level not so technical because you're dealing with people that are not as technical as, as you, right? <laughs> so we want to come from a standpoint of breaking it down almost to like of course. a kid. You know? uh, so, okay, if there's, uh, so as you probably know, uh, mining cryptocurrencies are widely spread through the miners. Right. Miners compose the infrastructure for a cryptocurrency. For a blockchain itself, mm-hmm. but if it's not mineable, how the information is being carried, how the ledger is being carried, Correct. how the blockchain is perpetuated, it can't be on a central server because no. that would be centralized. So That's this is what we're this is what we're developing right now: decentralization. Right. Okay. Yeah, back in the past, all the corporations had um, databases stored on a server. But if somebody had access in that uh, server just to corrupt the database, the database would have been corrupted. That's how it happened a long time ago <laughs> in a million cases of uh, bank frauds or things like this. Just one person year. pressed one zero more in an account and then ten times more money came in that account. Yeah. This is why uh, mainnet blockchains should be somehow distributed. If it's not mineable, it should be. It can be distributed in some more ways. I'm going to talk to you about the, uh, the nodes, okay. master nodes and full nodes. Okay. So still we need an infrastructure to vote. Still we need infrastructure to carry the ledger. Masternodes is 
decentralized distributed points let's consider them servers mm -hmm. even though uh, it's not about servers it's about uh, decentralizing the blockchain carrying the ledger and voting right. for every single movement uh, master nodes is and when you say voting for every single movement you're meaning when there's a value transfer the consensus of the nodes of is it a thumbs up or thumbs, thumbs up down? and thumbs down if it's okay. corrupted information okay. and still you need 51% to corrupt it right but uh, master nodes is distributed among users mm -hmm. In order to make sure the users won't corrupt and won't have the power to corrupt the network, they have to have deposited a certain amount of coins in the node. Right. That's not a price you have to pay. Mm -hmm. You just have to have it deposited. Mm -hmm. This way, everybody makes sure there's not... Uh, it's so hard to have a 51% on the master nodes, uh, it's more or less unfeasible. Right. On top of that, master nodes for our community our community is not an IT uh, skilled, it's a not IT veteran. So masternodes in terms of technical side, it's servers programmed to accept, perpetuate and vote for our ledger, for our chain. Our, uh, due to the nature of our community, we cannot, we cannot give our community a chance of setting up by themselves the masternodes, that mm -hmm. would be impossible to give a command line to our users, mm -hmm. okay, then you have to install this, go on GitHub, uh, take the source, run it, create a node, deposit the coins. It would be too complicated due to the nature of a Linux console. Indeed. Yes, yes. So, uh, we consider creating the interface of registering for master nodes. As soon as the mainnet will be up and running, mm -hmm. we will register for each user it's, it's his own master node with the given random credentials, each user will hold his own random credentials assigned, given. So this way we will make sure every single user has up and running a master node decentralized, without uh, centralized access, without having the technical proper, the proper technical skills to set it up. Okay, very good. So, very good. on top of that, there's going to be 1,000 public master nodes, mm -hmm. 100 public full nodes, mm -hmm. full nodes is voting on top of the master nodes, and on top of that there's going to be uh, some others, and I don't want to reveal right now the numbers, but there's going to be some other master nodes just to make sure whatever happens, uh, whatever the community gathers for having a 51% attack, it won't be possible. Understood. And you completely understand it because it's not, uh, it won't be possible to fully release all the hashing power of our mainnet just in the, hand, in the hands of a community because a community, in the end of the day, it's still a community. So, still is not enough, de decentralized enough. Okay. There will be master nodes up and running just to make sure 51% uh, is not possible. Okay. On top of that, master nodes, because in the end of the day, it's central points in a decentralized network. Mm -hmm. Uh, every master node handles transactions, hashes and unhashes transaction. Every transaction hashed and unhashed. As you know, probably in ERC20, there's a gas fee. In our network, there's going to be a fee. It won't be based on a gas uh, model. Mm -hmm. It will be just a flat rate fee for every single transaction happening, because in the end of the day, every single transaction happening in a, a static chain consumes the same 32 bytes of information, mm -hmm. so uh, there's going to be a flat rate fee. This flat rate fee is handled by the master node. So in the end of the day, master node generates 
some transaction fees. Okay. This is where the, um, let's say, um, this is how masternodes generate some income, mm -hmm. some passive income mm -hmm. for the masternode holder. But you have to remember, creating a masternode means you don't spend nothing, you just deposit your cryptocurrency in order to have the right to vote. Sure. And on top of that, you are generating like staking, some staking, stacking, and mm -hmm. you're generating some flat rate fees. Okay. Okay. Very so, good. Very good. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because we I please. got I got to get mm -hmm. through these, and I know you have another appointment behind me, so I want to make sure we get all this in. But um, you you brought up a question that I didn't write down, but you just brought it up through conversation. So the fees, all right, the fees and then the timing of the transactions being confirmed. That's been a huge, huge deal with Bitcoin. I mean, I remember uh, last year fees went skyrocketed, right? And then uh, sometimes your confirmations would go through in 10 minutes and then sometimes it would be 10 hours. So can you talk to the people about the Carabars blockchain and the infrastructure that's going to be set up to actually uh, compete with that? Of course. Uh, problem is uh, starting from, let's say, Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, Bitcoin's mining algorithm is dynamic in terms of difficulty. The higher the difficulty is, the, the harder the block gets confirmed. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, whenever a cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin skyrockets in value, there's higher hashing power and higher difficulty. That means every block is hard, it's harder to be confirmed in a matter of seconds, minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, if you, have a, if you have a flat rate expressed in Satoshi, such as uh, Bitcoin, mm -hmm. expressed in uh, Bitcoin, of course, the higher the Bitcoin value is, the higher the transaction fee he, he, uh, happens, right. uh, is. Uh, this is why I really appreciate uh, the first, let's say, no, let's put it this way. Bitcoin had this problem. Then, Ether came, with the next uh, uh, optimization or the next mm -hmm. vision. Right. Let's consider having gas. Let's consider gas price is higher. The, the harder the network goes, the, the, uh, the higher the transactions uh, happening in a, uh, in a chain is. And then we consider a flat rate gas, but gas price is fluctuating. Mm -hmm. The higher the coin is, the stable the transaction fees is. Right. Uh, we're taking the same model. So the use case of Bitcoin when it first came out, that has really changed. Yep, it's yes. really yes. changed it's because really changed. at first when Bitcoin no came, for the nobody little... thought it would skyrocket in value. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought the transaction fees would be a pain. Yeah. And indeed, when Bitcoin was 19 and a half thousand, Bitcoin transactions was sort yeah. of a pain. Yes. Indeed, yeah. it was comparable to banks. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrencies as an application of a blockchain try to come with an alternative for banking, regular banking system, right. because the regular banking system uh, somehow not failed, but still disappointed. Disappoint, disappointed the users due to the uh, nature of, uh, of uh, taxes, mm -hmm. higher taxes, higher fees, uh, working five, uh, five to eight, mm -hmm. eight to five, uh, not working in, uh, around the clock, 24 around the clock, 24 hours, 24 like hours does, right? uh, not working globally, not right. working on Saturdays and Sundays. There's plenty of reasons why, uh, why blockchain uh, came with a lot of advantages. So going back to the tra transaction fees, yes, we have our own model of uh, transaction gas, which is not a gas, it's a TX fee, mm -hmm. transaction fee. Mm -hmm. uh, I will reveal it in the next month, I would say, 
and I'll reveal the entire uh, model. Okay. But what I can promise everybody, our transaction fees, the TX fees, will be dynamically calculated. So we won't, uh, we won't find ourselves in the position of Bitcoin if, uh, if our cryptocurrency uh, skyrockets in value. Our transaction, fee, transaction fees will remain stable, and I'll present the algorithm because still it's not a gas-based algorithm. Mm -hmm. But I'll present it in the next uh, month, and I'm I'm really aware right now. Uh, I'm trying to explain something without it revealing. Without revealing, without revealing it, right, right, right. Uh, so, so it's you a bit hard. Tuned, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to express yes. it. But uh, for sure, it will be dynamically calculated okay. and not gas-based as ether uh, used. Okay. Our okay. users. Well, well, we'll 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 come back and revisit that. Of then. course. But the last thing, because I, I he's getting ready here. The last thing I want to talk about: Are you on the exchange side, the Carrot Bit Exchange? Are you yep. developing on that side? I'm not developing. Okay. Uh, the developers, uh, the developer was a third party uh, me, party company. Let me Germany. ask this question: You may or may not. But I manage. I manage the Carrot. Okay. So you you know how all of these exchanges have had huge hacks. The biggest hack being Mt. Gox, right? And then we have, I mean, several hacks per year where the security infrastructure is not in place. Uh, a lot of people, now their job is to figure out how to hack wallets, how to hack exchanges, how to steal people's crypto. So what measures are in place for the exchange to protect people? So nowadays, indeed, all hackers, scammers, all electronic bad guys went towards the cryptocurrency mm -hmm. field. Uh, oh, at first, we're still here, people. <laughs> at first, bad guys... Uh, bad guys were stealing credit cards, bank accounts. It's not anymore. Okay. Credit cards and banking evolved that much in security. The bad guys now cannot do nothing, more or less. Okay. So all the bad guys, all the uh, hackers and scammers oriented now to cryptocurrency side. Mm -hmm. Hacking exchanges, hacking uh, wallets, uh, scamming, Correct. phishing users, Correct. and Correct. so on. That's and it a makes a lot, a lot of people hear that and they're afraid to get involved that's, that's in a big the threat. ecosystem. Indeed. That's so a big what's threat. in place with you all and with, your uh, exchange? With, <coughs> with our exchange. So at first, uh, if you want to create such a big uh, ecosystem and such a big exchange you have to pay attention in the exposure of course nothing is hacker proof sure. in this life nothing is hacker proof as well nothing is bulletproof sure the army taught us 20 years ago nothing is bulletproof uh, the IT guys can teach you now nothing is hacker proof mm -hmm. even so our structure is being built in such a manner that we're not exposed with more than three or four percent of the assets holded in exchange. That means we're using a regular user wallet infrastructure, hot wallet infrastructure, and cold wallets. Okay. Most of the holdings of our exchange is kept in a cold wallet. So there's no way somebody can hack into something which is a cold wallet. Sure. More than that, user wallets and hot wallets is based on a key management system we developed by ourselves. We developed in the last two or three years it's a key MS based on a number of more than 100 servers distributed worldwide. No key is stored in clear, not even the hashing of a private key is stored. So not even a private key encrypted is stored in a single place. Mm -hmm. And there's a super complex so you, algorithm. You break, you break the keys up and yep, split There's them a out. super complex algorithm of breaking the keys, having a key management server, distributing the hashing of a private key, in, the, in an infrastructure of over 100 servers. So even though in the worst case scenario something would happen to our key management system, 
hackers can never steal more than 3% of the holdings of an exchange. 3% of the holdings is indeed bulletproof because some some exchanges were stolen over 50% of their holdings yeah. and they could manage to go further. We only exposed 3% of our holdings in through the key management system, through the hot wallets. The others is just pure cold wallets. And even for the cold wallets, we have some super security measures. We have some super clear, strict uh, my, uh, uh, key importing rules, mm -hmm. uh, double, triple, quadruple confirmed by human individuals completely offline. I cannot reveal too much of that because that, sure. uh, that means I would reveal a lot of our defense system. Right. But I can I can ensure our users, even in the worst case scenario, something would happen. We we can lose at most three percent of the holdings. That's so that's nothing. Good. That means we won't risk the financial assets of our customers, because three percent in the end of the day might be gathering all the all the uh, transaction fees in the past year. Sure. So it might be even more than 3%. Right. So uh, in the end of the day, we consider, okay, if something happens, we lose 3%, but that's th that 3% may, might be the profit margin of our company for the last year. Mm -hmm. So we're not exposing the user's assets. Very good way to mitigate risk. Yep. You, are, you, uh, you all, have to. You, you all have to teach a lot of you the cannot, other exchanges out there. You cannot too. keep... No, uh, there's because plenty some of, of exchanges doing the same. Some of these exchanges have, 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 have had their... Exchanges hacked to the point where they've had to go out of business. Yep, indeed. So you're wonder, you, I'm wondering, create, like, who are the the, the if developers you want create, behind those? No, if exchanges. you want to create a cheap project, cheap you get. If you're not looking to invest, right. uh, if you're not looking to keep the best developers by your side, if you're not looking to have the best management to coordinate the developers to better understand the project, because even so, developers, IT developers does not mean cryptocurrency blockchain developers. It's two different sides. And I've been working with some super skilled banking developers. I even hired a super big team uh, from a bank in Germany. They all migrated from that bank. They, reject, uh, they resigned from that bank to join my team. They were the best in that bank for years, but right. in cryptocurrency and in blockchain, they couldn't face it. They couldn't right. understand how it works, Different. or they were still uh, applying some old techniques, old banking techniques meant to pro protect databases, to distribute databases, mm -hmm. but that's the wrong approach. Blockchain has completely different approach. If you know how to how to do it, if you know how to approach a project such as, if you're building a project such as from scratch, as we did, because we did, we built a project from scratch, mm -hmm. just to make sure there's no third-party company who sold you a platform. On uh, us. Uh, it's all about how you start the platform from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. If you have a cheap approach, just okay, let's buy a third-party license. Oh, your, and your intention is, is purely purely capital only. You know, we see a lot of. If uh, your intention is purely capital, ICOs, purely capital only. So there's no security put in place. There's nothing put in or, place. Or even though they consider they have their own security, they still buy a third-party platform. Right. And that's the wrong approach from the very beginning. Okay. Either you develop it on your own, mm -hmm. you assume the infrastructure, you assume the team, you assume the costs, because such a platform costs millions mm -hmm. and years of developing. Mm -hmm. But in the end of the day, you have your own project developed by you. There's no third party who developed it for you. There's no backdoors left by a third party. Right. And there's no risk for... For example, if you buy a... a license-based platform, cryptocurrency trading platform, uh, there is the risk that company, the developing company, sold it to various companies, to various projects. One of the projects 
didn't implement the right security measures and the, his platform was hacked. In the moment that platform is hacked, the <laughs> hackers can clearly understand the structure, mm -hmm. the key management stru structure, the key management uh, uh, servers, and defense servers. So as long as you hack a similar platform with a lower insecurity, right. then it's a clear way for the hackers, and it's yeah, a matter of days and... Well, folks, we were abruptly cut off because of my cell phone malfunction, but stay tuned as we will revisit with Toma very, very soon in the near future. If you'd like more information, please visit CryptoGoldPlan.com. Again, visit CryptoGoldPlan.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Bitcoin Digital Money Show. Remember to like, subscribe, and share the show with others. For more behind-the-scenes and in-depth content, please visit us at www.bitcoindigitalmoney.com. And remember, if cash flow is king, then bitcoinisqueen.com.